Gator Tales with Sean Kelly is presented by UF Health. UF Health has locations throughout Florida, including Gainesville, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Leesburg, and the Villages, and we're growing. Compassionate care and world-class outcomes, that's our game plan. Visit ufhealth.org to learn more. Our podcast is also brought to you by Pet Paradise. Hey, Gator fans, for pet fanatics like you, there's only one place who goes all out for your pet the way you do. Boarding, grooming, day camp, and veterinary services all in one convenient location. Pet Paradise and New Day Veterinary Care. Finally, complete pet health care is here for Gator Nation. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and this is Episode 4 of Gator Tales with Sean Kelly. We hope our podcast finds you well. Here in Gainesville, we're coming off of a weekend that featured big crowds. A record-setting crowd on Sunday to watch volleyball take on Wisconsin. It was a one-versus-three matchup. And then this past Saturday night, the 12th largest crowd in Swamp history saw the Gators go 1-0 in the SEC and take out take down rival Tennessee 29 to 16. Our conversations today revolve primarily around football both locally here and nationally too. Devin Moore is a sophomore from Naples, Florida. He is a cornerback for the Gators defense. He got his first interception this past week and he has really made big strides in his second year in Billy Napier's program. Moore is a part of Napier's first recruiting class, and we'll talk today about his family's dedication to service. It comes naturally for Devin, as both mother and father are heavily involved in serving their communities, and Devin is now moving that forward with his young life, too. This past Saturday was a big homecoming for a Gators legend, a Super Bowl legend, and now a Mr. Two-Bits legend. Trey Burton returned to campus with his entire family and got to be Mr. Two-Bits prior to the Tennessee ball game. We're of course talking about a Trey Burton who played for Urban Meyer, scored six touchdowns in one game, two touchdowns in a comeback road win against Tennessee, and was a part of the Philly Special, that big play that helped trigger a Super Bowl championship for the Philadelphia Eagles. And finally today, we'll talk with Ian Fitzsimmons of ESPN Radio. Ian was my sideline reporter when both of us served on the lead crew for ESPN Radio's college football broadcasts. Ian and the crew were back in town this past Saturday night to broadcast Florida versus Tennessee. And we'll talk to him about his experience here this past weekend in Gainesville and what he sees nationally as the big stories in college football. So some great conversations lined up for you in this particular episode. I hope that perhaps you'll share a review. We're always ready for some feedback, and you can do so through Apple. Apple reviews of podcasts will be most welcome. You can also feedback directly to me on my Twitter handle, at Sean Kelly Live. And, of course, we encourage you to subscribe and get this podcast on a regular basis if you're enjoying what we're doing with these new episodes. So, without further ado, let's get started here with episode four and jump right in with Gators cornerback, Devin Moore. My timing to have a conversation with Devin Moore is pretty good. He's coming off of a football game, which was a win for the Gators. He also got his first career interception 
as a Gator. Congratulations. I, I would imagine your eyeballs were big and round as that football came your way this past Saturday night. Uh, yeah, most definitely. You know, it hung in the air for a minute. Uh, credit to the D-line and uh, Big Dez, you know, for getting that pressure and uh, the hit on the quarterback to make all that happen. But it was definitely in the air for a minute, and it kind of felt like a punt return to kick return. Was there any kind of a contest working this season to see who would be the first to get a takeaway or an interception? Uh, not really. You know, as a defense, we're just kind of focused on changing the game in any way we can. And especially as a back end, you know, getting our hands on uh, some footballs and trying to change the game. Speaking of changing things, by the way, Devin's a sophomore. He's from Naples. Um, you guys have changed the conversation about the Gators' defense, where it was a year ago, where it is now. I think that you guys sense that going through the offseason and August camp, but how does it feel to finally kind of start to show folks that, yeah, it is a little different? Uh, yeah, it definitely uh, feels good. But as good as it feels, uh, you know, it's important that we still maintain uh, the hunger and uh, humbleness as the defense, continue to improve in practice, uh, and not let our heads get too big. You know, stay grounded and continue to improve and uh, try and maintain the success and even get better at it. Forgive my manners here. I should have just asked you at the top, how are you doing, by the way? Is everything good? You're in your second year of college now. Yeah, every, everything is great, you know. As long as we're winning, everything's great with me. Is it easier as a sophomore than it was as a freshman? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, going through the program for the first year, uh, you know, you learn a bunch of things, you gain experience, and uh, you continue to uh, follow in the footsteps of the leaders in the previous year. Speaking of leadership, eventually you're going to look back on this and say, I was a part of Billy Napier's first recruiting class at Florida. You may have not thought about that now, but, man, that's, I don't know, that's, you're a part of history a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I take great pride in, as a, uh, as a recruiting class, we do too. You know, just trying to, uh, you know, ride for Coach Napier, do anything we can to uh, help him with his success and the success as a team. What was it about him or this place that said, yeah, I'm going to Gainesville? Oh, it was everything, combination of things, you know. Uh, just my family had complete trust in Coach Napier. I had complete trust in Coach Napier. Uh, me being from Florida, you know, the drive for my family to come watch me play, the drive home wasn't really a big issue, only about four hours. Uh, the academics, you know, being a top five public university, and uh, and that, that even improved too. So, And uh, just being able to play SEC football and uh, the history of Florida, uh, the guys that gets to the league, and also just the uh, position coaches they also brought in too. It's, it's a combination of everything. What are you studying? Have you settled on a major yet? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to study finance. Oh, you're way smarter than me then. Um, was that something from the onset, or did you switch to that? Uh, that was something from the onset. You know, I, I definitely have to give credit to my brother. He kind of uh, paved the way in that field because he, he's actually an accountant. And, uh, you know, ever since he kind of came home from – came home from work and talked about the things he does I've I've got the interest in that industry has definitely grown on me and even though accounting might not be my field of study I definitely think I want to be in finance for sure yeah money you like money huh <laughs> yeah I like money I like managing money and I like making it <laughs> I, I it's I'm glad that you mentioned your brother because I, I do ask around a little bit I said I need to know a little bit more about Devin and family keeps coming up um and it's a family of service too uh, how how much has that rubbed off on you at a young age? Oh, completely. Uh, you know, just growing up, seeing my mom, even though she she doesn't have 
you know, anywhere near the highest paying job or even a, you know, an average paying job, just the service she's done for uh, foster kids and, you know, other less fortunate kids has definitely rubbed off on me. You know, I've been to you can say her name. Oh, yeah. Patricia Hopper. I've been to uh, <laughs> a few of their, uh, you know, their little foster events. And, you know, I've had great times there just seeing the, the difference you can make in a kid's life is, you know, just heartwarming and heartbreaking. It's it, it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, on the other side, my dad, he actually uh, he's a bit more in the sports uh, field and he's actually uh, helped kids, you know, get scholarships, uh, you know, made t- uh, made coach basketball teams and, you know, tried to be that positive influence that uh, some kids don't have. You probably should say dad's name, too. Oh, yeah. Chris Moore. <laughs> Got to give him credit, too. I, I'm sure with him working with uh, young people and using sports as a vehicle, for you to get a scholarship to come play college football, I can't even imagine as a father, and I'm one too, what that must have felt like for him. Oh, yeah, he, he uh, he's definitely proud of me. Uh, you know, the countless hours I put in uh, working and grinding with him is – we've been we, – you know, we've been – on different fields, different courts, plenty of times, taking plenty of reps. And, you know, it's a big testament to him. And, you know, I just got to give thanks to him for, uh, you know, even though he did, I'm sure he didn't feel like it most of the time or even some of the time after working, a uh, you know, a long shift at his job. But just the uh, commitment and uh, the confidence he had in me is uh, definitely something to speak about. All right, so service is in your DNA. I think we've we've come to that. Have you been able to put that service into action a little bit? Or if not, what would you maybe like to start trying to do? Uh, yeah, so at the Florida Victorious events, you know, we get uh, opportunities to work with uh, kids and, uh, you know, commit to some service events. And even beyond that, uh, you know, the relationships I form with kids at those events and uh, people at those events, you know, I try and take it a step further and uh, do some things. Uh, not really on camera and things of that nature to, uh, you know, help impact them. And, you know, I'd rather keep it that way. I feel like it's more authentic to, uh, you know, be the person you say you are behind the camera, not even when it's on. And, you know, I feel much better about that. Devin, you're what, 19? Am I guessing that right? Uh, Yes, sir. Okay, and you've now been to Greece and South Africa as a part of the GatorMade program, speaking of service projects or service, I guess, endeavors. Um, did you have a passport? Did you have to get one pretty quick? How'd that all come together? Yeah, I actually had the uh, expedited passport. Never been out of the country. So, yeah, I had to get that pretty quick. What did you take away from those two trips? Maybe start with Greece and then and then the South Africa trip. Uh, the main thing i definitely say is uh, the amount of gratitude that uh, I should have. You know, the amount of thankfulness that I should have for uh, the life I live. You know, I, those were two areas uh, we went to uh, help, help and committed to service. And, you know, you kind of seen some things that you wouldn't really think of, uh, you know, just in daily life over here. So, you know, it definitely opened my eyes, taught me to be way more thankful. You know, even one of my worst days compared couldn't compare to their daily life over there. So, you know, it was definitely eye-opening and uh, life-changing for sure. What was the hardest thing about the work over there? Uh, the hardest thing, just... Just seeing some of the conditions and, uh, you know, just even after leaving and committing to service, knowing that, uh, you know, there's plenty of other people that didn't have access to the service and aren't going to have access to the service. That's probably the, the hardest part. Okay. There had to be something fun, too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, 
you know, just, just the vibe with everybody that went. You know, we were all we're all close. We got even closer on the trip. You know, we had great times for sure. Uh, now that you're a world traveler, where where will you where will you go next? <laughs> I'm not really sure. I mean, hopefully, uh, I really want to you know treat my parents, treat my family. Uh, that's that's one of the next goals. Uh, you know, we haven't really had a proper family vacation ever, so you know, I'm I got my eyes set on the Bahamas though, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and work to get there. Okay, fair enough. Is there a nickname I should know about? Uh, yeah, people really people in the locker room and uh. Around the facility, call me Demo. Demo. So can I use that on the air? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then everybody will know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other than uh, your your fine your 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 career as a financier slash accountant, uh, world traveling, and um, Power Five Florida Gator football player, anything else out there that you find time for these days? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of got away from it a little bit. I got to get back to it. But uh, cooking, you know, I'm a big cooker. I try and you try and get busy in the kitchen a little bit. So where does that come from? Uh, that that really comes from both of my parents a little bit, and just uh, really just one of my hobbies. You know, I kind of just developed it. I kind of uh, you know I like I like I like knowing what goes in my food. So you know, just being able to you know dress up some food the way you want it, making it your version putting your spices and everything on it, I, you know, I get a big enjoyment out of that. Chef Demo, um, hopefully will have me over at some point. And if I do get that invite, what will you prepare for me? Um, well, it depends what you're looking for. If we're, we're trying to go a little bit more of the healthy route, you know, I like to make unhealthy things a little bit more healthy. So, you know, I did air fried chicken wings, air fried lemon pepper chicken wings. And let me tell you, they were crispy and they're good. What's the secret? Secret, uh, bacon bacon powder you got to put bacon powder on that's wait, wait hold on bacon powder bacon powder you heard it here first people bacon powder on your hold on. as in bacon like with bacon and eggs or uh, baking uh, powder no, bacon baking powder uh, okay. yeah boy because man once you said bacon powder i was <laughs> like either he means baking powder or i have just uncovered the greatest powder in the history of all powders <laughs> but yeah baking powder for sure because uh you know, just applying that, and when the fat renders and uh, cooks, that's how you kind of get your uh, your crispiness and without having to fry it. It's a great tip. Thanks for teaching me something today. And here's to the next interception for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, there's nothing like game day, of course, in Gainesville, and that means tailgating, and there are a few who do it better than Harmonic Woods. Uh, introduce yourself, please. Hey, my name's Keith Jackson. Keith, how long has Harmonic Woods been doing this now? Uh, they've been doing it since 08. We hooked up with them about six or seven years ago with our Gator bus, and so uh, we combined a couple tailgates, so we're now really having a lot of fun with these guys. Yeah, no doubt, and look, I always know when I'm when I've arrived at the Harmonic Woods tailgate because I see this school bus, which is parked here, which is all decked out in orange and blue. How, how long have you had this rig? We set this up in 06, 
And believe it or not, we went to the national championship game in Miami with it. We also went to the basketball national championship game with with the the back to back and the one that was in Atlanta. So yeah. this bus has been all over the southeast. You know, we've been to Baton Rouge, we've been to Tuscaloosa, we've been to Auburn. So we travel. And, and you redid this bus yourself? Uh, me and about about six or eight guys. We did it back in '06. Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. give you an idea because this is audio here. It's it's a stripped out school bus, gatored up, and instead of uh, seats per se, it's couches, a particular support pole, we'll vertical call it. safety pole. Yeah, Every vertical, bus needs yes, vertical safety pole. And then there's autographs all over the ceiling, which you had me sign the bus, which yes, I did. I'm honored. Yeah. Uh, but who else is up here? We got Urban Meyer, Shelley, Billy Donovan, Shane Matthews. Uh, we ran into Daryl Talley in, at, a, at a Citrus Bowl game in, in Orlando. Uh, Judd Hirsch has signed it. I mean, so, you know, and when we find a ga- good gator, we, we like to get him on the bus. Leonard, uh, Leonard Lingard signed it when he was in high school, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lorenzo, yeah. Yeah, Lorenzo. Yep. yep. Uh, this is awesome. Actually, in Cam Brewer, if you guys remember Cam Brewer from the National Championship game, he was a walk-on Marine back in the day. Yep. Uh, Cam was part of our crew for a long time, we got a couple of photos of Cam over here. Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, this is awesome. Uh, go Gators. Go Gators. He is a Florida Gator legend, he is a Super Bowl legend, and now he's also a Mr. Two-Bits. It's Trey Burton who joins us. Trey, hello. How was your weekend? Sean, what's up, my brother? Thanks for having me. Um, man, it was better than I could have ever dreamed. It was so much fun. Um, I, my family and I really, really enjoyed it. It was first class. When you when you got the word, how did it come to you that you would be the honorary Mr. Two-Bits for the Tennessee game? Yeah, so uh, Stevie Mac gave me a shout probably a, a week before, um, maybe a week and a half before. I was playing golf, and uh, we had just finished eating lunch, and he called me, and Stevie Mac and I have a great relationship. I mean, he was with uh, he was on staff with Urban whenever um, Urban, Urban was here, so my fr- freshman year. And so I've known him for a, while, for a long time. We've stayed in contact, and uh, he's like, I got something big for you. And I said, you know, throw it on me. And he said, uh, we would love for you to come back for the Tennessee game and be the honorary Mr. Two-Bits. And, uh, you know, I was just overwhelmed. It was, it was really, really special uh, for myself and uh, my family. I called my wife immediately, and I said, like, hey, babe, you got to go ahead and clear up that Saturday schedule. Don't really know what we have. It really doesn't matter right now. We're going to go back to Gainesville, uh, the kids' first game, and um, your first game back, you know, since we left. And um, it's going to be really special for us. Well, as special it was. I mean, just not only that, but – as I as I have read, I think your three children were coming to their first college football game. That's quite a, a quite an immersion into the college football experience to go there with dad and have dad be Mr. Two Bits. Man, it was it was really, really special. I was, you know, emotional the whole entire weekend just because, you know, we had our my wife and I had our oldest are uh, going into our senior year at Florida. So she I mean, she went to every home game in a lot of practices. But obviously, you know, being one years old, you don't remember any of that stuff. And so, um, and we had our other kids while we were playing in the, in the league. And so, um, for them to just 
be back and they hear about the Gators all the time. You know, we, we were in different cities and playing, you know, for different teams in the NFL, but it was always, you know, we're in Chicago, but the Gators, you know, it's we're in Philadelphia, we're in Indianapolis, but the Gators. And so I have so much um, passion for Florida, just being a lifelong fan and obviously being able to play for four years there. So um, it was their first you know, real experience in the swamp uh, in it for, for a game. And obviously it was a really special one for uh, everybody involved. Okay, so the folks that I've talked to that knew you as a player here at Florida and in the NFL all spoke of your preparation, the, the the film study, all those things that went into your success on the football field. So, Trey, I, I can't help but imagine, right? You surely you watched film and did your research for the Mr. Two-Bit role, right? <laughs> Not only did I watch film, my kids watched film with me. We watched every possible um, uh, Mr. Two-Bits on YouTube available. I mean, I, Danny Warfel... Uh, Steve Spurrier, Titus O'Neill, uh, you name it, man. We everyone that was available, we watched and uh, we kind of picked and chose what what we liked and what we didn't like, and um, kind of added it to you know my uh, performance. Okay, well, uh, speaking of what you chose or what you picked, um, what did you translate? I, I feel like we're talking about a game, but that's really the way you approach <laughs> it. Um, Trey, what did you what did you take from your film study onto the game field this past Saturday? Yeah, I mean it. To, to me, I wanted to make sure just the personality that I have, you know, I wanted to be the best Mr. Two Bits I possibly could be. You know, I wanted to be, wanted to be talked about in a positive light and didn't want to embarrass my family or anything like that. So uh, we watched, you know, every single one. And um, I think first and foremost, you have to go all in on the outfit. You got to wear the button down long sleeve. It's hot. You know, you're going to be sweating, which, you know, I was sweating like crazy. But you got to do it. Um, and then I have a I have a belt that there's a Florida, Florida state golf tournament that we're playing every year in Tampa. And so they give us, they gave us a belt last year for the tournament. So I threw that on. Um, and then you got to go pants as well. Obviously just, you got to go all in on the outfit in my opinion. And so, uh, and I'm a big visor guy. So uh, I had my own little touch with a visor. I know Mr. Tubitz didn't originally wear a visor, but that was first and foremost. And I think, you know, second, you, you can't just, you can't just sit in one spot and kind of circle around. I felt like you kind of have to move, and kind of get every corner and every section of the swamp involved. And so I kind of felt like I was moving a little bit too much as I was doing it. You know, people were looking at me, trying to get out of my way and making sure that uh, I didn't run into them and those types of things. But uh, I just wanted to bring as much juice as I possibly can. That's not necessarily me. You know, I don't really like to do that. I'm not really the type of guy that needs to be hyped up and, you know, does the hyping up. You know, I'm more of a quieter guy, so I kind of had to go into a different mode to, to do that. But, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, um, I was talked about, you know, up with one of the best uh, honorary Mr. Tubits. Well, oh, oh, you nailed it, all right. And uh, it was a very athletic performance. I, I will give you that. Um, I, I have to wonder, did you, did you see everything? Can you still visualize everything, or did you kind of get blinded by the atmosphere a little bit? Yeah, you know, I, I saw everything. I was, uh, I felt like I was in the zone. I felt like I was. It was, you know, third down, and I was in a little groove on offense and. The coach was third down short, and the coach was going to call a route for me to get open and get us the next first down. And uh, I was zoned in, man. I was ready to rock and roll. I was fired up. Yeah, I, I'm, I was wondering a little bit if, like, you know, okay, would it take Trey a little bit to kind of wind down from that adrenaline rush? But then if I remember correctly, didn't you and your son then immediately go to the tunnel and get set to run out with the team? Bro, I was fired up. Yeah, so uh, the Mr. Two-Bits thing was obviously – once in a lifetime thing for me, I was really, really excited, uh, honored. But then the fact that my son and I got to go into the tunnel and lead the team out, like 
dude, I was trying so hard not to cry, you know, because that that's probably my last time ever running out of the tunnel with with the team. And I got to do it with my son. Like, shoot, man, that's that's as good as it gets for me. And uh, it was really, really special moment for both of us. Uh, I remember uh, we get into the tunnel. Well, I, I get done with Mr. Two Bits. And uh, so I had just lost my mind, you know, for a couple seconds. And then, you know, I try to find my son and uh, and we so I find him. We, we start running into the tunnel and Coach Napier is standing right there. And my son, you know, daps him up as if like they're best friends and doesn't even doesn't even miss a beat. And, you know, I'm saying what's up with a couple of the guys. And I turn around and I'm like, man, this is it. And I, I Coach Napier says, I'm going to let you guys uh, run out ahead of us. And, you know, I was like, OK, cool. And I lean down and I tell my son, I said, dude. I don't care what you do, what you're not going to do right now is you're not going to fall down when you're running. Pick your feet up, run as fast as you can, hit your head on the goalpost in the end zone on the other side, and I'll find you and we'll talk and we'll figure everything else out after that. And he said, okay, I can do that. And I'm like, all right, sweet. And so uh, I let him, I let him go first, just, just in case, you know, for those first couple steps, just to make sure he picks his feet up, feet up. And, you know, I mean, shoot, bro, you know how eight-year-old kids can be, you know, especially boys are clumsy as heck. So. You never know what to expect with those guys. And he did a great job. Uh, he, he tells all uh, all his friends, all my friends, he's like, man, I was booking it. I think I ran a 4 <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> come on, man. Like, just get out of here. And, uh, yeah, but it was really, really special, really emotional, you know, for, uh, for myself and my family and uh, just an awesome time. Yeah, it's a father-son moment for the ages, there's no doubt. And and as, as if, Trey, this wasn't all spectacular – uh, the building was electric, and the Gators go on to stomp down 11th-ranked Tennessee just to make the whole night perfect, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's always always fun to to beat Tennessee. We've done a lot of beating up on Tennessee over the last couple years, 20 years to be exact, or 21 years to be exact. So uh, always fun you know, to do that. I think uh, I loved, absolutely love the energy from the fans. I feel like the fans brought their A game. You know, it kind of felt like the swamp of old, you know, when – we were winning championships and, um, you know, we were beating the heck out of teams in the swamp and we were, you know, defending the swamp. But I also, you know, really, really enjoyed because I don't know necessarily we've seen it much, you know, uh, throughout the last five or six years. I just love the intensity from the players, you know, the attention, the detail. Um, you, can, you can tell that they cared and they wanted to win. They wanted to be there. And uh, there's no denial, you know, of any of those things. And so uh, not only, you know, did the fans show up, but the players played really, really hard. You know, you're going to make mistakes as players and those types of things, but you, it's more about the effort, you know, and we know when guys are showing effort and when they're um, playing hard. So it was awesome to see, you know, that. And, um, you know, we were rocking and rolling on, you know, all cylinders there. He's Trey Burton. Uh, Trey, I don't know how often you get to come back to Florida games here in Gainesville, uh, but I'm curious, does, did this did this experience make you want to come back more now? Yeah, man. I mean, so I, I come back as much as I can. I haven't been to too many games. I do a lot of like offseason stuff like pro day and uh, spring practices just because it's um, super kid friendly. And my kids really enjoy that, you know, that time where they get to see the guys and the facilities and those type of things. But um, I come back as much as I can. It's more of a time thing, you know, with three kids and running around all over the place with them. It's kind of been tough, but um, I've always been open and coming back. And I'm just really, 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 you know, excited and really happy for the way that things are going now towards the former players, you know, obviously I'm done playing. I'm not there anymore. Um, but like just how welcoming the the staff is, um, you know, they, they got people, you know, dedicated to um, former players, which, you know, hasn't happened before. Um, and just the, uh, the opportunities that they're given former guys to come back and, you know, alumni 
uh, you know, meet and greets, alumni, hangouts, barbecues, family deals, you know, where guys can come back with their families. Like, it's just, you would think, you know, that the university, a place like the University of Florida would have something like that dialed in, you know, for years. But this is honestly the first year that I can say where guys, you know, are welcomed and asked to kind of come back and given opportunities to come back and, you know, given, you know, even stuff like, you know, tickets like opportunity to buy tickets like there, there had never been a, the only way you were able to get tickets back in the day was if you knew someone on the staff you know that you that was current that was currently on the staff that you played with or were around you know so um now it's just it's just a lot easier a lot more streamlined and i know i, I know i can speak for you know the majority of the guys we're really excited and thankful that um billy's staff and and all those guys uh, and women are um you know inviting us back that makes me very happy, and I know Gator Nation feels the same way, Trey. Um, seven years in the NFL, uh, as you mentioned, you're raising three children with your wife. Uh, please share with the Gators uh, what you're doing now on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so uh, my family, family and I live uh, down in Tampa, uh, the South Tampa area, and uh, my son just started his first year of tackle football, so um, I'm you know all in with that, kind of dialed in with um, a lot of my kids' sports, just being a dad right now, trying to figure out you know what the next move um, is for me and um, just enjoying that time. You know, I've been playing football for a long time. And so this is the first time I've got kind of been able to relax and get my body healthy and um, kind of focus on um, other things than just ball. So um, I'm really enjoying that. Um, it's been fun to, you know, kind of reintroduce myself to my wife. I've been gone for so long and, you know, and same with my kids, like they didn't get the time that they needed and they deserved. So um, you've been able to you know spend a lot of time with her and my kids and it's just kind of, you know, doing that and following that move right now. Well, congratulations on that. Um, from now on, um, am I to refer to you as Trey, uh, Philly special, uh, Gator legend, or Mr. Two Bits? <laughs> Trey is totally fine with me. Sounds good. I um, I also do want to ask you one last thing. Does the outfit, the kit, ever go back on again? And uh, if if so, is that for Halloween? Or, or <laughs> what will you do, I guess, to memorialize this in some way? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was so special. I, my, my wife and I were talking about it on the way home. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to kind of like shadow box it, you know, just put the shirt, the tie, the whistle, it, the whistle. I mean, I know no one could see it, but it has a, a special engraving on the side for um, being Mr. Tubitz. It has the game, Tennessee game, has the date um, and then the gator head on the other side. So we're going to take all that stuff and uh, probably just put it in a shadow box and be able to hang it on the wall and uh, it will never get touched again. If I if I do get asked to do it again, which I don't know if someone's done it twice or if that's even possible, I'll probably just have to go get a whole new um, outfit. But that's totally fine. We, we found a cool little um, Mr. Two Bits painting. It has all the words written out on it um, at one of the Gator shops. So we're going to kind of put both of those things together and um, it'll go in the, in the man cave. That's the perfect plan. And I can't thank you enough for the perfect conversation too. Trey Burton, congratulations. Go Gators. Thanks, Sean. Much love, man. Talk to you soon. Well, when I walk through the Heaven or Training Facility, there's there's no there's no day where I don't find something new and cool to take a look at. So here, all of a sudden, I'm wandering through, and Gabrielle Essex, she's a junior from Hoover, Alabama, and on the Gators volleyball team, uh, she is signing her own card, like as in like player trading card. The company happens to be on it, but Gabrielle, how many how many times have you signed your name already? 
Um, maybe about 60. There's a total of 75. This is one of the most cool and surreal experiences. Like this is such a blessing. I think it's so cool that on it has partnered with us to be able to not only include just like one or two athletes, but our whole team in this whole experience. And I think it's super cool. Yeah, It's like super cool and surreal, especially for an old guy like me who used to, you know, I grew up with baseball trading cards yeah. and football cards. Not only is it cool that you have your own playing card, but it's a volleyball card, which I've right. never seen before. Right. I think it's definitely, like you said, like we grew up in the era of baseball trading cards. And now, like, to be able to see, like, how much our sport has grown and be, and for, like, children to be able to not only look up to us and come to games, but also to be able to be like, oh, like, I have your trading card. That's so cool. Um, any hand cramping yet from signing all these cards? And not quite, but maybe if we get another um, round of these, maybe <laughs> soon. <laughs> Did you practice your autograph before you did this? Well, we do have post-match autographs all the time. And after yesterday's match, we definitely had a lot of signatures. So definitely had a lot of practice. All right, very cool. I mean, we talk about NIL a lot of times. This is one of the great kind of NIL moments that I've stumbled across. Uh, congratulations on your own card and um, keep signing, Gabrielle. Thank you so much. All right, well, let me just start by saying this is a, a guy who will be a lifelong friend for me. So full disclosure, before we start visiting, we've shared a many a meal and um, many a escape from college football stadiums during a certain uh, period <laughs> during my days at ESPN. But proud to bring to the uh, Gator Tales podcast, Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN Radio. He is the sideline reporter for the lead broadcast for college football along that national network. Let's also mention that he is a nationally renowned talk show host. Featured renowned? Days. Renowned. E it's easy, than, SK. It's easy. better than infamous, you know. Uh, That's probably more accurate. Yes. Now, if we go with the Three Amigos reference, you're infamous, I guess, just to drop a little movie line there. but um, You can also refer to me as El Guapo, but anyway, go ahead. Yes. Um, a plethora of piñatas, Ian. <laughs> uh, great to see you, my friend. You too, brother. Hey, thanks for doing this. Uh, and and obviously, I, there were two reasons why. Well, there's three. One, I just like talking to you. The second reason is that you and your crew were at the Swamp this past Saturday as Florida took on Tennessee. And then I also wanted to have you on. We're three weeks in now, basically, and kind of take the pulse of college football from a national perspective as well. Let's start with your experience this past Saturday night. Uh, a pretty, pretty remarkable win for the Gators. And a very important one, I think, here early in the Billy Napier era. How did you guys frame it up? Yeah, and I wasn't going to mention this going in, into the game, but, you know, I just felt like this is one that Napier really needed. Uh, and I wouldn't say had to have, but needed to have uh, in his young career, you know, head coaching career at Florida. And I, I implore Gator fans, give this man time. I mean, look at the way he's recruiting. You know, you lose Trey Wilson early in the game, and, you know, you, you still find a way – to, to get a win. And Trey Wilson's going to be special. I mean, three could play for me anytime. That dude is, I mean, he's just electric with the ball in his hands. So, uh, and then, you know, that coaching staff are some of the best football minds assembled. Jabbar Jaluk is one of the more underrated running backs and recruiters in all of college football. Look what he did in getting, you know, ETN and Johnson, you know, two fellow boot boys. I'm a proud son of Louisiana. Uh, but to get those guys, Johnson to follow him from Louisiana, ETN, 
to come from Louisiana, where Jabbar Jaluk has all those Louisiana roots going to Frederick Douglass High School, you know, and coaching at LSU, where he mentored Leonard Fournette. Um, he can recruit, man. Darnell Stapleton's one of the best O-line coaches in football and another hell of a recruiter. When you got that Super Bowl ring with the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's a good thing to show to recruits, right? I mean, so, you know, give give Nap time because, uh, you know, he is he's going to get it done. And I'll give you the ultimate example as to why John Wooden used to preach patience as the ultimate virtue. And it's, I think SK in this day and age of, of social media and modern technology, you, if you don't win right now, then so many fans, that vocal minority, want to show your butt the door or some of the jock sniffing boosters. But just look, and I hate to bring this example up, but it's the best one I've got for you. Just look at Mike Norvell right now at Florida State, and you're, you know where I was going. I mean, you go back to this time last year, you had fans, alums, still wanting him fired, even after beating LSU in the Dome. You know, I know it was about one, but you still had people going, ah, he's not our guy. Now he's number three in the country. And he's been able to take guys, you know, from three years ago that he recruited. He hits the portal very well and precisely. He needed a wide receiver to go opposite Johnny Wilson. Come on down, Keon Coleman at 6'4", 240 pounds. You know, they, things like that. Jared Verse is one of the best edge rushers. He, he doesn't just hit the portal to hit it for a big name, right? He's hitting it for specific reasons. And I think Napier has been doing the same thing. Look at Cam Jackson out of Memphis, right? An outstanding pickup. And put him right in there, and it's been a great fit. So have patience because I really do believe Napier is going to build something special there at Florida. I really do, SK. It's, he's a heck of a human being and a better football coach, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, I, I think I've said all along that I think Florida's got the right guy. Um, and yep. I also have learned here in 13 months, you know, that there, there's a standard in this building and um, there uh, is a true admitted lack of patience as well. And, and, and look, you and I talk about bring me all the petty and, and, and the things we love about college football that comes with it. Um, but as you said, his ability to find kind of the right guys, whether it be off the recruiting trailer in the portal, I, Ian, I mean, Graham Mertz, let's just talk about that just for a moment. That's not a good example. Yeah, I, it's one of those deals where I think most Florida fans would admit that there was going to be no parade thrown back in the spring when they found out that Graham Mertz was going to be in the mix here for the Gators. But, man, I I, I would hope that their opinion of him is different now than it was even six weeks ago. Yeah, and he had some big-time throws on, on Saturday night. You know, and coming into the game, what was he completing, like 73% of his passes? Uh, he really had a get-right game against McNeese. And, and look, you look at Utah. Look, I promise you, folks, Morgan Scally, the defensive coordinator there at Utah, you know, and, and Kyle Whittingham, Scally, before the season began, told me this is the best defense he's ever had at Utah, including the one he played on in 04 when they were the original BCS Busters going undefeated with Eric Weddle, right? And Sione Pua played, what, a decade in the league or the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, all those NFL guys that were on that 4 team, Scally told me this crew is better. I mean, so, you know, you look at, at week one, uh, just don't be that upset with that L because those dogs are hunting for the Utah Utes. And Scally told me, I asked him about on a scouting report on Florida, and he said, Merch is better than most people think he is and give him credit for in this system. He's a different – it's going to be a different guy than the one we saw at Wisconsin. And so far – we have seen a different guy. But then he brought up the two running backs that I mentioned in Johnson and ETN. He goes, with the center being back in Kingsley, right, at, at walking, that is huge, huge. 
to go with those two backs, man, Scally said, if they are on, they win. And guess what? They were on and they won. So, you know, it's, it's impressive. It really was. It was a very impressive performance, especially on the ground. That ground game was just absolutely vicious. And ETN had a coming out party. I mean, that's a great, that's a great one-two punch. It's a, it's one of the best one-two punches in the SEC. And I put it up there, maybe top, top 10 in college football. I think Corman Edwards are number one in Michigan. But these two, uh, man, that, that one-two that you got there, SK, they can tote it. Yeah, they're a lot of fun to watch. Ian Fitzsimmons, ESPN Radio with us here. Ian, you're a great storyteller, and you love to tell the stories about the young men uh, in college football and the men who lead them in those coaches. Was there a story about the Gators that you kind of had zeroed in on heading into the weekend that you that you wanted to share with the national audience? There's a couple of them that we did, actually. Uh, you know, one was on Johnson and ETN and the relationship with Jaluk. Uh, you know, I, I, I love – because ETN's mom really developed a unique – relationship with Jaluk and because she, you know, you know, he didn't want to follow his older brother to Clemson. You know, he wanted to kind of carve his own path. And that's where Jaluk was really influential when he was recruiting him to Louisiana and obviously got him to go to, uh, obviously to Florida, but he, it, it's, it, it's a true family type relationship that he has with, with uh, mama ETN and obviously with, uh, with Johnson's family as well. Uh, but then also, man, Ricky Pearsall, I love this dude. You know, Scally told me he's one of the best slot receivers in all of college football. I'm like, hold on a minute. That's a bold statement, right? Well, I talked to one NFC scout and Jim Nagy, who is obviously got five Super Bowls and the Reese's Senior Bowl director. You know, I mean, you got five rings. You got some clout as a lead scout for the Patriots and the Seahawks. Heck, the only two Super Bowls he lost? Think about this. Last play of the game. The throw, right, when he should have given it to Marshawn Lynch. And then Eli, right? Yep. Beating the Patriots. So he's, he, he could have more rings <laughs> than yes. he actually does already. Uh, but I asked him about Pearsall, and he goes, no, Scals is right on. He is one of, if not the best slot receiver in football. And transferring over from Arizona State, he, you know, he had a re- good relationship with Anthony Richardson. You lose him to the league. And I asked him, when did you realize things were clicking with Graham Mertz? And he said, the moment he got here. And he said, it was a great line. He goes, we were just like peanut butter and jelly. And, uh, man, they are. I, you know, I know he didn't put up big numbers on Saturday night, but they've got a unique uh, kinship there. And Pearsall just loves that place. He really does. You know, and some transfers just kind of go to try and get to the league. He's in truly embraced everything that is Gator Nation. And I think Ricky Pearsall is one of the more underappreciated talents that we have in college football. And it's not just me. You got NFL scouts saying it. You got a guy like Jim Nagy saying it. You got guys like Morgan Scally, who's one of the best decors in college football, saying it. And the better part is, he's a hell of a kid. He's a great person. Yeah, I've got I've got to go uh, become real fond of him here, and I'm so glad. And he said, "Look, the, the decision to come back for the second year, I, I thought he could have gone into the draft if he wanted to. Obviously, he's been a fifth round pick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah he's but he, drafted. he'll dra- he'll improve that significantly, yeah. but." That wants to make it more than just a one and done thing here at Florida. You know, I think he, in talking with him, Ian is is um is really pleased with his decision. So that's fantastic. Tell you what, Mertz also Mertz got teary eyed with me in our post game interview. I mean, he kind of he welled up a little bit just talking about the win over Tennessee and you know how he truly just loves Florida and everything about it. And he's he he was even surprised as to how much that he is just just don't you know just. It took a deep dive into everything that is Gators. And 
he embraces it, man. And, and he had a great line at the end of that, whatever the hell that was at the end of the game. You know, we're sitting there with the, the timeouts taken by Josh Heifel, which was so stinking petty. Now, I know we'll get into this in a minute. But Merch just looks at me. I'm about to – he's my post-game interview. And I said, what the hell is going on out here? I mean, I'm on the field with him. And he said, man, if this doesn't sum up Florida, Tennessee, I don't know what does. <laughs> so – but he, he really did. He kind of got emotional, man, talking about how big this win was for this team going forward into next week, right, and the week after that and building on it. Uh, he has a he has a true passion for everything at blue and orange already. That's impressive. You mentioned the end of the game. Um, look, let's just we'll start with the fact that you're from Folsom, Louisiana, which is crazy town enough. Um, but you've been through enough college football now, Ian, that you've come to expect the unexpected. Uh, that was an unexpected finish to Florida, Tennessee this past Saturday. All right. Yeah. One, where are I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't seen fines. I'm surprised we haven't seen suspensions because punches were thrown. I mean, I almost had my chicklets knocked out. Right. You know what it reminded me of, SK? I think you did the game with me with Lewis Riddick in Pittsburgh. Um, I think you were there. Maybe Kesty, Mark Kestisher. But anyway, it was a fight that broke out between the Saints and Steelers. And this is years ago. You probably remember it because you were in New Orleans at the time. Yep. It was on the Steelers sideline. And I mean, I'm talking all out brawl. My dumb butt's going in to try and pull someone, you know, like, hey, break it up. And Riddick is singing and live on air. Ben Simmons, get the hell out of there if you want to keep your teeth. Right? So that was that was the only one on field that was worse than what I just saw, or at least proximity to me. Yes. And it, it was nasty. And Josh Heupel should be ashamed of, of himself. And, I, I, you know, I like Josh a lot. I've known him for a long time. But calling that timeout with four seconds to go, saying he just wanted to get the ball back and try and score – you need two scores with four seconds. The math doesn't work. It was petty to call the timeout. And as you, as you mentioned, you and I are all about some college football pettiness. I mean, you know, in the Big 12 uh, championship game, when the Baylor band comes out, right, and they, they had, you had the UT logo, and then the Oklahoma State bands come out, and they do the Oklahoma logo, right? And the year that Texas and Oklahoma have announced they're leaving the Big 12, that's the kind of petty I'm here for. Not what we saw on Saturday night. Uh, you all – Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Volunteers almost started an all-out brawl. And I had several head coaches unsolicited around college ball. One is in the top 10. Heck, two, two in the top 10. No, two in the top 12 or 15, whatever. Text me going, what in the heck was that? You know, one coordinator shot me a text saying that it could have given college football such a ridiculous black eye on a day we had no top 25 matchups, but we had some great games like ours, like Bama being pushed to the, to the limit, Colorado State almost pulling off an upset. And none of that would have been talked about if that escalated anymore. And full credit to the Florida coaching staff, man, and training staff, because, you know, you, I mentioned Jaluk and Stapleton. State went back to his playing days, man. He looked like he was about to get, get down that three-point stance and fire off at his own guys going, get out of here, right? Get back to the bench. But that was almost an, just an unbelievable black eye on college football. And it was totally uncalled for. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it, it didn't get any worse than it already was. Oh. You're right. Um, let's talk about positive things in college football or the things that interest you most, Ian, and then I'll get you out of here. But give me that national perspective. Um, you know, I heard earlier today, no great team, a lot of good teams. Obviously, Deion Sanders in Colorado. These are the things. That that's the story. Yeah, okay. That's, that Take it, it from there. I hate to say it, but think about this. How many 
And I, I, I want I'll give this a minute. I'm, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll continue to rant for a moment while you think about it. But I was hosting Big 12 today last week on Sirius XM with Gabe Iker from our All-American Center for Oklahoma. And he brought this up organically during a break, and then we took it to the air because it, it really is a fascinating question. How many college football programs right now of the 130-plus we have in big boy college football would not fire their head coach at the end of this season to hire Deion Sanders? I couldn't come up with 10. I, I know, and and look, That's I heard crazy. you ten. I know, and I heard you say this live on your show with Amber Wilson the other I night on ESPN Radio. Yes, I did. I'm yep. a great okay. thief, as you know. Right, and so, and um, I stopped driving. You text me. Text you. Pump, pump the brakes. The brakes. Pump and, the brakes. And you, 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 you stiff arm me on the way back out of that, and I, I said, "All right, I'll see you on Saturday." And I was supposed to have dinner with you to, to discuss this, but you cheated on me. You had dinner with Kesty and the crew on Thursday. Thursday. I thought it was Friday. Um, I, th- I just thought you were running from my Deion Sanders conversation. No, 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 no. Th- this voice of the Gators thing in my Friday home nights are a little I- different I found around out. this town. I got yes. it. That's yes. a great pep rally you guys do, by the way. I almost went, but I didn't have an Emmy. My hard charging days are over. I was in bed by nine. <laughs> yeah, well, but the stories that you have hold on to, that's for sure. Um, but hey, so, right. so do, you, do you agree or disagree? Ten. I'm not commenting on that. I'm not. Now, Strickland wouldn't. He's one of my 10, right? But no. Huh? Say again? He would not. He would not do it. Not. Correct. Yeah. 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 Not. Like Nick Saban, you know, Georgia, Mike Norvell now at Florida State. You said this last year or even beginning of this year, right? You might still, eh, no. Especially after Deion's Knowles comment. But they are. They're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the hottest thing going right now. You know, Texas wouldn't. I don't know about Michigan. He's flirted with the NFL a couple of times. Lincoln's not. Kyle Whittingham's not. By the that, man, I mean, you're getting thin. You really are. I mean, that's what's so crazy. But here's the other part. They're going to come back to reality this week. You want to know why? Oregon. They're going to Austin. You and I have been there. And that yep. joint gets loud, man. And, I mean, and, and the biggest reason, Vegas says so. Did you see the number on that game? No. 16. They are Oregon is a 16 point favorite. Well, look, what was TCU? What was TCU? 21. 21. Let me ask you this. What were they last week? A 23 point favorite and didn't cover and almost lost. You know, and no Travis Hunter, man. That's a that was a cheap shot, by the way. I mean, just an absolute cheap shot. But anyway, that kid was my my highest front runner. Through the grotesque, ridiculous first overreaction to the first two weeks of college football, right? Travis Hunter was was the front runner in my book for the high. Yeah, careful with that one. Um, no, I. What? I, I, oh, you no. no, no, you just said you said your 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 over exuberant hot take to come out of the gate there. Let's just again. Now, let me ask you this though, and, and then I'm going to be out of time. But let me ask you this: What if Colorado State had won? This past weekend, which, by the way, they were they on their have. way to doing so. Yep. Would would all this have quieted down or what? No, I don't. I don't think so. I said before the year season started, if Dion wins, if he covers that number, his his win total by Vegas in a future wager, and you know, I, I am a wager, right? I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, I, I, I have been since I came out of the womb. I, I, yes. um, so I said, if he covers the three and a half over under on wins this year, was three and a half. He hits that, he's coach of the year. Because he got, I mean, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, 
there's no way this is going to work in week in year one. Well, he's three quarters of the way there. He ain't getting it this week, but I mean, he's done, behind the scenes. He's done a remarkable job, and he is he is arguably the biggest story going right now in, in all of college football. Behind the scenes, he coaches those dudes hard. I mean, as hard as as you can by the NCAA. Uh, limitations that these coaches are handcuffed with in this day and age, as far as the amount of contact you can and can't have, how much, how much, you know, how many, how many times you can actually go full go and instead of just thud and all that stuff. So he is man, but I'll tell you this also SK, I know you're up against it. George is still the best team in the country to me. I haven't seen him in person yet. I will in a few weeks. I saw Florida state week one against LSU. Uh, they're right there in the mix. Michigan is right there in the mix and Texas still not saying it yet but they are about as close to being back as we have seen in a very, very, very long time. That's a damn good football team. All right. That tees up the last question perfectly. Um, Let's fast forward. It's now November the 1st. Is Deion Sanders in Colorado still the biggest story in college football or in your estimation, there's something else. What would that be? Uh, that's, that's, That's college football playoff time, man. That's the biggest story. You know, and? in the moment right now, in, in the moment he is, but by then it's going to be who's number five and who's number six, right? And is the committee getting it right? And it, and look, every year we see some team come out of nowhere. You and I called the Cincinnati Alabama game, right? In the college football playoff. Last year was TCU. We always see a team preseason top 10 that falls out of top 25, like a Texas A&M last year, preseason top 10, end up with a losing record. Those will be the game will be the storyline, you know, come late November when we're trying to figure out who the four are in when it comes to the college football playoff. Ball but don't lie, gonna, right? Ball don't lie. But you're not going to tell me who it is. What's that? But you're not going to tell me who it is. Who the four are? Yeah. Well, I'm a little I'm a little skeptical on my Bama pick right, right now. <laughs> they got to figure out that quarterback thing in a hurry. I mean, because it just looked nasty against the the greatness of the Bulls of South Florida, right? I mean, that was that was ugly. But I I had it at the start of the season. I had Florida State. Sorry, I had Alabama. I had Georgia at Ohio State. Those were my four to start the season. Washington is now starting to scare me a bit. SC, if they can tackle, they're starting to scare me a little bit. Uh, and you know, Texas is starting to scare me a little bit, right? So those are my four. I'm not backing off of it right now because Alabama's got enough meat left on the bone in order to go ahead and make a run, uh, even with that L. Well, you'll be working the national championship, and you've got a great schedule ahead of you, so safe travels. It's great to, to uh, speak with you, my friend, and I appreciate you all coming on with us. Oh, there you have it. That's a wrap on episode four of Gator Tales with Sean Kelly. Big thanks again to our sponsors, UF Health and Pet Paradise. Even bigger thanks to my guests today, Devin Moore, Trey Burton, and Ian Fitzsimmons of ESPN Radio. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Send me a tweet if you don't mind, or I guess it's an X, at Sean Kelly Live. Have a great rest of your week, whatever week this is for you. And we'll see you next time on Gator Tales with Sean Kelly.